Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. And if you're listening, I want to just welcome our podcast family and let you know that the notes that are being handed out tonight, because I'm going to do a fill-in-the-blank tonight on angels, that is found digitally on our website. Uh, so if you go over to uh, rol-ag.com, our website will come up and scroll down on the homepage and click sermon notes. Right there will be the outline for you to follow along. So this is a three-week teaching on angels and demons. And what we're going to cover is uh, tonight is, is angels uh, and then demons are fallen angels and evil spirits next week and then the third week we're going to talk about our authority we have over uh, driving out demons discernment how do you do that what is that how do you drive out darkness and all of that kind of stuff and so all three of these are really going to be connected and really key I believe we're living in a day where uh, there is so much spiritual activity and demonic activity it is it is insane the devil's not hiding anymore he is on award shows he is a front and center on having right in the middle of the marketplace he's right in curriculum and education he's not like something spooky or you got to look him up he is right in the open square today uh, and just many of us many people in the church I believe just don't have our eyes on don't have our eyes open to uh, what is going on uh, so we're going to talk a lot a lot about that so tonight is about angels and uh, I want to talk about it you have a fill in the blank hopefully everybody has one and uh, we'll, some of these scriptures are on the screen We'll kind of look at it and kind of talk about it tonight, so we'll do that. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have not left us here on planet Earth, God, blind and ignorant, but you have, number one, given us your Holy Spirit, who is the counselor, who is the teacher, who guides us and teaches us. And we thank you for the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit that we have as believers, Lord. We also thank you for the Bible, your word, which you told us to meditate in day and night, which is filled with instruction, Lord, and it encourages us, it, it corrects us, and, and uh, Father, gives us instruction in how we are to live our lives and follow you. I pray tonight that you would just anoint me to teach this and anoint our ears, Lord, to hear, God, what you are wanting to say over the next couple of weeks, God, as we peel back the curtain. And I pray, Holy Spirit, peel back the curtain, oh God, Father, and let us see as Elisha prayed, God, open the eyes of his servant, open our eyes that we may see, Lord, that we wrestle not against Democrats or Republicans or independents or co-workers or family members, but we fight against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Let us see that today. Not that it's a scripture or a Sunday school teaching, but it is a reality. And you've equipped us, you've called us to preach the gospel, to rescue the lost and the hurting. And in order to do that, Lord, we have to fight against darkness. And I pray you help us do that and understand that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, why talk about angels and demons? Let's go right through the outline there. So there's three reasons why I'm talking about this, because you may ask, why do you talk about angels and demons? I just want to talk about something just to talk about it, uh, unless we're just hanging out, having a cup of coffee or something, but why are we going to spend this much time? Number one, to remind us 
to remind us that there is a spiritual conflict between good and evil all around us. And it does affect our lives uh, that we live in and this world. Number two, to teach us, to teach a correct view and understanding according to the Bible. Many have formed their own beliefs based on legend, opinion, or Hollywood. Hollywood, the great teacher, it's no longer entertainment, man, it's indoctrination. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff and so many subliminal messages that come through Hollywood. It's not even funny, and I don't want to sound like that guy, it's the great Satan. No, but I'm telling you, I love to be entertained, I love movies, I'm a movie guy, but I tell you what, uh, as a spiritual person who is awakened, it is just mind-blowing how it is just a channel to teach and to drop seeds of of all kinds of confusion and uh, drive the narrative in our culture comes through Hollywood and I would say mainstream music and uh, media that's another one I mean it's like it really does and if, when you become a Christian usually when you have kids right you become more aware to like language and stuff right remember you'd watch shows and then when you started having kids you're like whoa whoa I didn't know they said that how many's done that you're more, you're more aware. Well, I'm telling you, there's a, even another level that believers need to come to and that you're paying attention because they are dropping and depositing uh, anti-God and lawless behaviors and ideas through much of our television, sitcoms, shows, movies, and all of that, and even the reality shows. I mean, th there's no fake in there. I mean, it's a reality show. It's just, there's just so much that's being taught and somehow we look at the television and we think that it's a place of authority or it's, or it's okay just because we see it on TV. It has really deceived a generation or two by now. And so, uh, but, so we need to get into the Word of God. We need to get into the Word of God and find out what the Bible says. The Bible does give us some simple instructions and understanding of what angels and demons do with all of that. So that's why I'm teaching this. It's important to know what the Bible says, okay? Uh, and number three, to equip us. To equip us with the knowledge of how to combat and defeat the darkness. Uh, knowing about the powers of darkness, how they fell, how they operate in the world today, their agenda. All of that helps us fight the good fight. Knowledge is power, somebody said. Well, it's actually scriptural. The Bible, God said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The Bible says that. My people perish. God said, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. A lack of information, a lack of getting in the Word of God and finding out what, the God, what God has given to us. Okay, so let's get into it. Let me just set this foundation and show you. In the beginning, back to Genesis here, God created a supernatural family. And this is what he did. The angelic realm where angels were. There were no demons in the beginning. They were all angels. He also created a heavenly council, which I wish I had another week on that, but I'm not going to dive into that. But the heavenly council is something that I have not heard about until about probably about eight years ago. I've I seen it in the scripture. I've seen First Kings. I've seen, uh, you know, all of the scripture that God talks about, let us make man in our image. I always thought that was the Trinity, which it is. But there was much more than God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit from the beginning. You read the first chapter of Job, and you find we're introduced to an entire council that God is at. You find in the book of Revelations that there's more than angelic beings. There are, there are spiritual creatures. We'll look at some of them tonight. And 24 elders, 
elders. Who's these elders? That's a part. I believe the elders are a part of the, the people call it the divine council. I like, I like the word heavenly council a little bit better. Uh, but these are a little bit more superior, which you're going to find out tonight that God has a hierarchy in heaven. They're not all the same angels. are not just all the same little fat babies running around with, a, with a, a harp. In fact, there's none of them are like that, okay? But God actually has a hierarchy. And this heavenly council is in Scripture. If you look for it, you find it. Let me just say this. God doesn't need a heavenly council no, no more than he needed us. He desired to make us. He desired to make angels. He desired to make a heavenly council. He doesn't need them. It's not like a board meeting. He can't get outvoted. It's not that. It's a part of God. Everything God does teaches us something. And what does the scripture say in Proverbs? It says wisdom comes from counsel. I mean, so God has a counsel. He has angels. And he created you and me not because he needed us. He desired us. And here it is. He desires a family. The ideal of the family is God's idea. Angels can't procreate in heaven. No one can procreate except for the human race. That was God's invention, God's idea. The human experience is to have a husband and a wife, a man and a female come together and procreate. The angels, Paul wrote and said that the angels stand in awe and watch us. I hope I don't go too fast. So write a lot of notes, but I get pumped talking about this stuff, okay? So go back and listen to it on the podcast if I go a little too fast for you. and the clock is just a suggestion, by the way, right? And, and stuff like that. So anyway, so that's the heavenly council. It, it is a part of, of uh, it is a real thing. And you do find it in scripture uh, all through there. And then, of course, he made the human family beginning with Adam and Eve. Human beings were created to be in a relationship with God as his children. So God always, he, he's just all about fellowship and relationship. That's what God is all about. Uh, and the garden, the earth, which was the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden was just a, a little place, um, part of the earth. The plan was that Adam and Eve was to take the Garden of Eden and, and multiply and spread the Garden of Eden across the planet earth. That, that was the plan. That Adam and Eve were to dominate, to procreate, to build communities, is to have dominion, was, was to cre- create what God created and replicate it throughout the earth. That was the plan. That God had humans were to manage and maintain his creation. He gave humans the task of overseeing the world and multiplying and creating communities. Human beings existed, this is important, human beings existed in harmony with God and other spiritual beings. God dwelling among them. And I love, I put that in there. This is how it's going to be, by the way, once again. We're going to get a taste of this in what's called the millennial reign. And then eternity. We will experience you know we we don't think of this kind of stuff but until i say this a lot at funerals um you know just had one saturday and and i i say it at funerals all the time that death is a reminder death is a reminder it's a reminder to us that this is not heaven this is not eternity this is not forever this is broken that life can come to an end at any time. And sometimes we forget that. We get caught up in working our jobs. We get caught up in raising our families, which is all good. But sometimes that has a tendency to cause us to forget that there is a heaven and hell. There is an eternity. There is a God, right? And then we think about it when death happens. So death often is a reminder of this. But God's going to restore 
what he had in the Adam, in, with Adam and Eve in, in the millennial reign one day. So Adam and Eve would not only walk with, cool, with God in the cool of the day, they were privy to information and knowledge. Uh, I believe Adam was, one of the, was the wisest and smartest man ever. I believe God just downloaded into Adam uh, the ability and information. He was brilliant. To be able to name the animals, by, by, by the way, we think that's just something like, you know, he said, a zebra, you know, or a giraffe. That was more than that. I mean, these words that to be able to see these animals and to name them, it also means he had dominion over them. There is a whole lot associated there with Adam and Eve and in the garden. That is another great series just to understand. And Adam and Eve were mimicking what God is. And they were made in, were made in the image of God. Different than angels, by the way, because angels are not a triune being. Angels are spirit. Now, they can, they can come in different forms, but they, do not, they are not body, soul, and spirit. We are the only creation that God created, uh, body, soul, and spirit, Trinitarians. Why? Because we're made in the image of God because our God is a trinity. He's chosen to represent himself as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we're the only ones made in the image of God when it comes to that. Plants, trees, animals, they, don't, they are not a triune uh, entity, uh, identity, only we are. So that's how it began. So you had the angelic realm, and then we'll get in next week about the fall. I'm not going to get into that tonight. We're just going to stick with the angels tonight. There are over 300 references in the King James about angels in the Bible they were present during the creation. This is Genesis 2 and Job 38 and Colossians 1. But Job 28 tells us that when God created the heavens and the earth, that the angels sang, the sons of God, which is another term for angels. The sons of God is another term for angels. Not the Israel or children of God, because they were not even around when the sons of God was first mentioned in Job. So the sons of God are the angels. And it says in Job 28, when God created the heavens and the earth, that the sons of God rejoiced. The angels were there. They saw God create the earth. They were there. I believe heaven is more than just a place. Paul described it as not like a little planet. It is like another realm. I believe it is so big that it is, is what we see as space and planets and sky. I believe in the spirit realm that is all part of heaven. When John writes in Revelations of the new city coming down, that is the four square, and he actually gives us the dimension of what the city is going to be. And that is, this, that is, is from Detroit, Michigan. If you drew a map or a line on a map from Detroit, Michigan to Miami, Florida, okay, that's how long it is. Now, it's a perfect square cube, up, deep, Height and wide is, the, is that length, and that is just the new city coming down. That's not heaven. That's just the new city that he saw coming down being that big. You just imagine how big and how glorious heaven's going to be. Come on, somebody. It's a, it's just, if, it, it just will boggle your mind to think about that. But that is uh, what God created. So the angels were present there. The angels were created by God, so they do have a beginning. So they're not eternal in the sense that they were always here. They were not. God created angels. There was a time when angels were not here. Um, and there's many different types, descriptions, and duties and, that are described with angels tonight. And we're going to get into them. This isn't in your notes, but I get asked this so much and so many times lately. And even asked if I was going to talk about it tonight. And that is UFOs. How many believe in them? Don't raise your hand. Don't no, please don't raise your hand. Amen. So aliens. So let me just say this. 
I believe personally that these UFO sightings is actually uh, demonic. I believe it's actually in the spirit realm. I do not believe in extraterrestrial beings. The Bible doesn't teach extraterrestrial beings. I do believe they are interdimensional beings. When you read in the Bible uh, about different different things mentioned in the spirit realm, horses, chariots. For instance, in 1 Kings, when Elisha prayed that God would open the eyes of his servant, and he did. The Bible says that the servant looked and he saw horses and chariots all over the mountain. Those were, those. we think when we hear about the spirit realm, in our mind, many people think of something cartoony or puffy or like some kind of mystical cartoon. It was a chariot. It was a horse of fire that came and got Elijah. Like, like you could, Elijah, Elisha could have touched that thing. It, fit, it picked him up. It, it is a real, tangible thing. One of the best descriptions of what I believe a lot of these UFOs are is in Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel chapter 10, he has a, he has a, I'm going to get through this real quick. He has a vision of a, we'll get to this in a minute, a cherubim these angels, but he describes a wheel within a wheel, a wheel within a wheel, a real wheel, okay? And then he describes that this, this angelic being had all these bright lights and emeralds and all these colors, colorful stones, and they were a light and a, and a fire, and they were a wheel within the wheel. And then he said they moved north, south, east, and west. They would, they would move on a dime. It wouldn't turn like a car does. It was able to go like this anytime it wanted. That's Ezekiel chapter 10. So if you want to ask about UFOs, that's what I believe it is. I believe we are living in such a, a dispensation, such a time in history that we're right before the coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, and the revealing of the lawless. I think we're right there so close that heaven and earth, the dimensions are starting to mix in together and things are happening all around us like it was in the days of Genesis before God showed up. I believe that's exactly what we're seeing. I really do. And I don't want to go down any further with that, but there are so many other examples in the Bible. Just tell you one more. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, he takes his three disciples up there and he transforms right in front of them. I mean, and they describe the best they can of what they saw. And they said his face shone brighter than the sun and he was disfigured right in front of them. Moses and Elijah appeared, okay? This is how I know we're going to know people in heaven because Peter never met Moses or Elijah, but yet he said that's Moses and Elijah. It just instantly, they was in such a divine presence of God that the information and revelation just downloaded right into Peter. And I love Peter because he represents so many of us. He got so excited. He, the Bible says he did not know what else to say. So he said, God, can we build a fort? No. He said, should, should we build a couple of shelters? I mean, he was just so just feeling the presence of God is so amazing. And then, of course, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he appears in the last chapter of the book of Luke to two of his disciples. He sits down at a table. He opens his hand. He shows them the scars. And then many people miss this, but he dematerializes right in front of their eyes. And we think it's some kind of like, we just read right past it. No, Jesus like is standing there, and then he disappears right in front of them. That's just pretty cool stuff. So let's just get into some of these things. So I'm going to do the, the different, number one, the different appearances of angels. Uh, Judges 13.6 records an awesome story of when Samson was born. One of my favorite stories. You can read that. That's there. 
But these angel, angels are described in Scripture as very awesome. And that comes from Judges 13.6. They're just very awesome. When, if you would ever see an angel uh, in their original form. I think that's why many angels come in the form of man. But angels can appear in different forms, even in human form. And there's so many examples. I gave you a couple. Genesis 19, and I think you got Hebrews 13 on the screen. Let's jump in here with this one. So Hebrews 13 tells us this. New Testament, guys, it says, Do not forget to entertain strangers. Be nice to strangers, is what he's saying. Because doing this, many unwittingly or unknowingly entertained angels. So be careful who you go off at Kroger next time you're there. Be careful when someone, you know, comes up before you. But that, that is so true. Angels, right here it is, that they can appear uh, in human form. I've got stories. I'm sure you got stories or know somebody that's got stories. Uh, uh, there's a couple times in our life that I believe we did see an angel. Actually, me and this guy in the front row. Uh, we believe, I know that was an angel that helped us fix this car that time. And we were both heathens. Uh, but the Lord just had a way. We got in a car, and I had enough Bible knowledge to know when, you, when you're in a parking lot and a guy helps you fix the car, and then you look up and he's gone, and he, no one's that fast. Uh, I, is it an angel? Uh, that was, I think that was the Lord doing that to draw us in. Uh, we didn't come in immediately to look at us now. Amen. All right. So. Also, angels can come in the dreams. I've had this a lot. Uh, I've shared some of the dreams that I've had and, and been an angel in my dream, given instructions or something. And anytime you have that, you always hear me say this, you've got to make sure it lines up with the word of God. Okay? So an angel is not going to appear to you and tell you to do something that goes against the written word of God. I don't care how real it was. I don't care how good it made you feel. And I, I'm sorry, but i got to say this, even if it's in, in the form of a loved one that's been deceased, I'm telling you, it is that deceiving. Because your Bible says that Satan himself can masquerade or transform himself into an angel of light. And if he can do that, so can his ministers. Your Bible, Paul the Apostle, said that. So if you do see Grandma, and I'm not being funny, coming in your dreams, and if, you know, it may not be Grandma. It may be what we'll learn next week is what's called a familiar spirit. But anyway, you've got to line everything up with the word of God. This is our lifeline right here, guys. This has got to line up with the word of God. It, it begins here and it ends here, period. And so, again, I know our feelings. I know they're sentimental and there's a lot of true stuff in that. But they can come. They most commonly, probably 90% of angelic activity in the earth today is because they come as messengers. There's a message. Now, I used to think that once we have the Holy Spirit, we don't need angels. But have you read the book of Acts? <laughs> There's more angels in the New Testament as far as helping and being messengers in the book of Acts than anywhere else in the Bible. They just totally helped the early church, and they came as messengers. So God does use them uh, many times as messengers. Let's look at, at some of them. So, again, this is the different appearances of angels. What we're given in Scripture, uh, archangels. The word archangel is in your Bible. It's in Jude. Uh, it is there talking about how Michael contended with Satan over the bones of Moses. I'll get to that in a little bit here in a second. But the word archangel, it actually means in the Greek, to be first. So here how, this is, lets us know that God has a hierarchy in heaven. 
okay? He has a, he has a hierarchy, okay? And it's very important to know that. Um, these are warring angels. Uh, now, Judaism teaches traditionally that there are seven named guardian archangels. Again, that's tradition. That's not in the Bible. So it's just interesting. I got some of those books written by rabbis and all about the mid all the Jewish traditions, and they're interesting, uh, but it's not scripture. We're only given three, possibly four names of angels in the Bible. Uh, they're believed to be all archangels, although that's not really totally prove, provable. But Michael is the only one that's given the name of an archangel with the name Michael. He's in the book of Daniel. He's in Revelations 12. He's in Jude. He's the one arguing with, with Satan over the bones of Moses, which is another discussion for another time. Uh, so the other angels that are mentioned is Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And there is another one in Revelation that's called Abaddon or Apollyon. Apollyon, which is the death angel or destruction. He's mentioned in Revelations chapter 9. So these are angels. The first three, uh, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer, are believed to be the only archangels. But the Bible don't say specifically that Gabriel is an archangel. We assume that because he's the one that stands in the presence of the Lord. And given his demeanor and his appearance, he's assumed to be an archangel. Uh, but it does say that Michael, in the book of Daniel, he is one of the princes. And if he's just one of the princes one of the archangels, then we know God has more than one. In fact, Hebrews tells us there is an innumerable amount of angels in heaven, and God can create angels at any time if he needed any more. Okay, so how many angels can be on a pin of a pin? I don't know, and I don't care. If you ever get asked that, okay, just take your pen and use it to write. That's what you use a pen for. Okay, anyway. Uh, Lucifer was a fallen angel, uh, believed, I don't, they say many believe he's an archangel, I don't believe he was personally, I believe he was even above the archangels, I believe he was unique, he was one of a kind, and uh, if there were others like him, we don't know, we won't know until we get to heaven, but I believe he, he exceeded the archangels, I really did, he's coming at Michael, the archangel in the book of Jude over the bones of Moses, I mean this, and he knows his limits, Satan knows his limits, but I think that was a rank thing, they knew each other, and he is not afraid to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michael. But as soon as Michael said the name of Jesus in the book of Jude, he backed down. Because that is the only thing he's afraid of is the name of Jesus. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. So there's your three archangels that are mentioned in Scripture. Gabriel, it means mighty in strength. He appeared as a man to Daniel, but later to Mary and Zechariah. They believe he's going to be the one blowing the trumpet because it says when Jesus returns, he will have the shout of the archangel and the trump of God. So many don't know if it's Michael or Gabriel. I think it might be old Gabe up there. Amen. I don't know, but we'll find out. But it, isn't this something how Gabriel was there in the beginning with Daniel 4,000 years ago? He comes to Mary 2,000 years ago, and he's going to come with Jesus when he returns because angels don't, don't age they don't get old. They've been around. They're, they're there. When, when God created them, boom, they create, he created them, and they don't get older. They don't join AARP. They don't get sick. They don't get tired. And that's what Jesus told us when we get to heaven, by the way. That's how our, our bodies are going to be the same way. So amen. You got a lot to look forward to if you are a believer. 
I am serious, and I'm telling you what, that, that ought to pull anyone out of any kind of depression the devil tries to throw at God's children. Hope alone, I'm going to preach for a minute, hope alone of what this book says, what we have coming to us, should be enough to overcome any darkness of depression or anxiety or fear that the devil throws to us. Come on, give me praise you believe that. I just don't think we get into this enough. You get discouraged, read Revelations 20 and 21. That's your home. That's your future. That's your future. Read when he appeared after Jesus rose again to Mary and to Martha. That body that he had and what he had and all these great things and promised to us. That's why Paul said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man of what God has prepared for his people. Hallelujah. So I get pumped up, man, talking about this. Okay. And then Ezekiel, Ezekiel 1, chapter 1, and Ezekiel chapter 10, you'll find this angel called cherubim. Cherubim, which is actually a plural word. It means more than one. These are described as incredibly beautiful, covered in precious stones, and they have four wings. Does angels have wings? Not all of them do, but many of them do. Can they fly? Absolutely they fly. Daniel records them flying swiftly. Ezekiel says that these angels begin to move their wings, and it was so loud, it said it sounded like the voice of the Almighty when the Almighty speaks. That's how massive these angels are and how beautiful these angels are. That's why every time someone saw an angel in their original form, they fell to the ground as a dead man. And they automatically will try to worship them. I'll get to that also in a second. Because they're so beautiful. And cherubim are beautiful. That's why God doesn't let us see them all the time. Especially today. Are you kidding me? People would be making all kinds of shrines and stuff. And anyway, so cherubims are described. They got four faces, the cherubim do. Uh, That sounds spooky to us, but actually it's probably awesome. It's a face of a man. It's a face of a lion, face of an ox, and face of an eagle. They're described in the Bible. Just I mean, just think of God's creativity for creating the earth. You ever see a beautiful sight, a sunset or a waterfall or somewhere, and you're like, whoa, God made that. And here's the thing that gets me. He made that in seven days. Jesus said he's been preparing a place for us since he left for 2,000 years. Can you imagine how beautiful heaven's going to be? Think of that. And then Isaiah chapter 6, I think this is on the screen. I just got to show you this. Isaiah 6, he shows up. And in the year that King Uzziah died, I, this is Isaiah the prophet, he saw the Lord. So God let him see an open heaven. And he saw the Lord on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. There's a whole teaching in that. But look at this this next one. Above it stood seraphim. Now this is seraphim. This is another type of angel. And again, it's also a plural word. So whenever you see a cherubim or a seraphim, it's like saying they. It's more than one, okay? You get into the pronouns, watch it. (laughs) This is not that right there. No, sir. Okay, It, it is more than one, okay? That's hilarious. There's more than one. The seraphim had six wings. Uh, Six wings these angels have. Two that covers their face, two that covers their feet, and with two they fly. Uh, So if you are are a creative person, like me, been daydreaming since kindergarten on every report card, and my mom would always get, that boy just daydreamed, that was me. I love this stuff. My mind just goes all over the place. 
And everyone has creativity, by the way. You just got to stir it up. God's given it to you. Uh, into which they fly. So that's seraphim. And then Revelation does have a, a, a God that's not, or an angel that's not so pretty. He's actually a destroyer. He's the one that's going to put Satan in the bottomless pit. He is named in Revelations 9. It's not in your notes. His name is Apollyon in Greek, which means destroyer. Um, God did create him just for that purpose. And he's going to be released in the tribulation. Uh, and he is, uh, he is a bad dude. You don't want to mess with him. All right, so that is the different descriptions that we are given about how angels look. The most common is in human form. You see them, you don't even know it's an angel. That's how most people see them. Uh, number two, what do they do? Natural abilities. The, natural, the, na the nature and abilities of angels. That's number two. The nature and abilities of angels. Angels are not like humans. They are not restricted to time or space in, human, in the human realm. So even when they're in the human realm, they are not constrained or confined by walls and doors. They can be physical but not confined to the laws of physics as we know it. They can turn, they can um, have a human body and form and even eat food and even function as a human being. They absolutely can. This explains Genesis 6, by the way, which is another three hours if I go down that road. So I'm going to back up. We'll back up, but a good example of proving this is uh, when God came to Abraham. I believe that was God and two angels that came. Many believe that's the Trinity manifested in flesh. I don't know. It just says that it's called in your Bible, the three strangers visit Abraham. That's all the writers would talk about it. But they are, it's God because he allowed them to worship him. So we know that was God. It wasn't just an angel. But he eats food. With a fork, <laughs> swallows it. I don't know. Hey, he ate food, okay? He's in a human form. They absolutely can function as a human being. They have that capability and that ability to do that. Uh, they are not confined, though. Uh, another, back to the story of Samson. When Samson was born, the angel of the Lord came and said, you're going to have a son to Samson's mom and said, this is what you're going to name him this. And at the end of that story, they ask him his name, and he says, you can't even comprehend my name. And then the Bible says that he does something wonderful in Judges, there in the book of Judges. They have a fire going. The angel walks over, and he jumps right into the fire, and he goes up. That's just to go, whoa. Before they had time to get their phones out and put it on Instagram. That's just amazing. They're not confined to the laws of the earth. It's awesome to think about that. That's what angels are. So angels were created with, number one, they were created with a free will. Angels were created with a free will, just like humans they were. This is what describes the fall. In order to have, you say, why God get into, you don't want to get into this too deep. Why does God allow the evil and all that happen is because that comes with free will. That you cannot have love, which is the most powerful force in the universe, is love. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, right? Love is, if we really dive deep in the revelation of love and how much God is love, it don't say he has love, he is love. If any believer just really dives deep into that, that will set you free and will change your life. When you realize and have a revelation of God's love. This is what the children of Israel missed. Tell them I'll call them right back. And then 
And this is what this is what the Pharisees missed is the love of God, the revelation of the love of God. You can't have love without enjoy and all these things without having free will. However, what is also included in free will is the choice to do wrong. It comes with it. You can't have free will. You either have robots who you dictate what to do and you don't have any love. You have no joy. You have no choices. They just simply do what you want to do. Or you give them free will. And angels do have free will. And Isaiah 14 explains the fall. Put up Jude 6. Here's a scripture that tells us about some of the angels. And the angels, everybody say angels. These were angels. These were angels who did not keep their proper dominion. This is New Testament. But they left their own abode. God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the day of judgment. Jude 1.6. So they chose to leave heaven and follow Lucifer during the fall. They have a choice. Number two, supernatural power and strength. Angels have supernatural power and strength. Absolutely. They are way mightier than us. Throw up Psalms 103.20 tells us that, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. And I love this. This is a key verse when you talk about angels. Who do his word. Everybody say that. Who do his word. The angels don't do our, our word. The angels do God's word. Even the angels are confined to the written word of God. For Jesus is the word, the word made manifest. They do, when God speaks, when the angel came to Daniel, he said, the moment you prayed, I love, I love this, he says, I was sent. Did you catch that? I was sent when you prayed. In other words, you don't pray, I don't get sent. I don't care how bad you need an angel. I don't care how bad you need a sign. I don't care how bad you need a breakthrough. I don't care how bad you need help. You don't pray. Jesus said it like this. You have not because we know the verse. And here the angel says, Daniel, before I even tell you anything else, I want you to know two things. Number one, I came because you prayed. And number two, it took me a while because I was in a spiritual warfare with the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. Blows your mind when you read Daniel chapter 10. And you have a little curtain. The curtain is peeled back and you can see spiritual warfare right there in your Bible. Right there. It just lets your mind just goes to show you that there is a spiritual war going on right now all around this church. All around this neighborhood, this community. It is happening. There's spiritual warfare going on. And I don't mean to make people all spooked out, but that's exactly what's happening all around us. And what they do, we'll talk about that here as we go. Supernatural power and strength. Um, the story of Lot, I won't go there. Let's go. Number three, as, well, as with all created beings, they do have limits. Their knowledge and authority is confined by God. 2 Peter 2.4 is a good scripture to write down. And it said, God did not spare the angels who sinned, but he cast them down. So angels sinned. These are the angels that sinned. I believe he's talking about Genesis chapter 6. I think that's what they, he's talking about this right here. These angels he has put in chains and darkness uh, that he's reserved for judgment. Again, what Jude said. Um, let's keep going. Number four, angels. And here's very important. This is really we're going to get a little bit deep here because this is so relevant to today. Angels are never to be worshipped. That means, well, I'll never worship an angel. Well, there's a lot of things that are made in, in, in or 
let me just say this. No one or no thing is to be worshipped other than God. Period. Because many people say, I don't worship, you know, I, I, I don't worship, um, you know, no demons or nothing. But they go to, they go to horoscopes. I, I don't mean to get on people's toes, but I, I preach truth here. and I want to help you. I want to set you free and help you. But when you get into stuff like these chimes and these, all these other things, and you're looking to get wisdom, you're looking to get guidance, you're actually worshiping them. The word worship means to behold with your full attention. That's what worship actually means, to behold with your full intention, to be enticed, to follow. That's what worship means. And so people will say, well, I don't worship angels. Well, if you are worshiping anything outside of Jehovah Yahweh God, God, then you're in danger. You're in danger of opening up yourself spiritually to things that you don't even understand, to things that can really cause harm to you and deception. The main uh, result of these things is deception. And the scary thing about deception and being deceived is you don't know when you're deceived that you're deceived. That's why they call it deceived. I don't mean to be funny, but that is absolutely true. You ever talk to somebody and you, are, you, you have the proof right here and they are absolutely just saying, nope, nope, disagreeing with you. They are deceived. All right, anyway, you can be that way when you open yourself up to worship and uh, other things. Look at Colossians. Paul writes about this to a church in, in Colossians. This is a church that he's writing to in Colossians. The book of Colossians in your Bible, 2.18. He says, let no one cheat you of your reward. Look how we, what? Let no one cheat you of your reward. What does that mean? At the end of our faith, we will receive rewards. So Paul is saying that there are people and things that will try to entice you and pull you off the track and the path that you're on, and you're not going to get reward because you're not going to make it to the end. So let no one cheat you. All right, so that's a huge warning. So what's the warning, Paul? Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Intruding in those things which they have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Then he goes on to say, but hold fast to the head of the body, which is Christ. Let no one deceive you. In other words, don't let anyone pull you off, off track, even, let me just say this, even into deep things that are outside of Christ and maybe in the Christian world. You can get over into other stuff. And it's not really keeping your focus on Jesus Christ. You can even get into angels and demons so deep where you've lost the whole purpose of spiritual warfare. You're not interested in winning souls. You're not reading the word to develop your relationship with God. You just got this thing going on where you're just looking for demons and, and angels and casting devils out of your cat and your husband and stepmom. And, and some of them might have them, but I'm just saying. And, and, and we lose sight, listen to me, we lose sight of the mission. Our mission is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and to rescue the lost. If a devil gets in the way, then you bust him out. Then you kick him out. Then you drive him out in Jesus' name. You don't do the opposite. We don't go looking for demons. You don't go looking for angels. We look for the lost and we keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what Paul in this whole chapter is talking about. He first talks about legalism. And then he talks about asceticism, that's what this word is, is uh, to get into this thing about the angelic realm and demons, and, and you, you get off track. You can get off track in this. Look at Revelations 22, it's on the screen. 
This is another example, never to worship angels. Now John, I, John, I saw and I heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But the angel said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the word of God. Keep this book. And then he says this, worship God. I believe the angel was just so beautiful and John was so overtaken, he just fell to his knees and began to worship. I think if an angel appeared in this room in his, in his full form, you and I would be tempted. And not after this teaching, but before this teaching, you would probably just bow down. Like Mary and even Zacharias did. I mean, they're like, whoa, they're so beautiful. And he says, don't do that, only worship God. The only angel that, is, that does receive worship in the Bible, the only angel that will receive worship, I mentioned earlier, is called the angel of the Lord. He's in the Old Testament mentioned. Now listen, this is what the angel of the Lord is. It is actually Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ. In theology, this is called a Christophany. If you like the big words in theology to make you sound smart to you guys at work. Oh yeah, that's a Christophany. Christophany means Jesus Christ and the incarnate Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He's all in the Bible. The angel of the Lord was Jesus that appeared to Moses in the burning bush. That's the angel of the Lord. Because you find that they worshipped him and he didn't say stop it. He even told Moses, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And this ain't, this ain't just your ordinary angel. You can worship me because I know I deserve worship. Not because he's a narcissist, it's because he's Jehovah God. Which, by the way, let's keep going. Let me show you this. Number three, we're going to get right into this. The fivefold ministry of angels. This is what they do. All right. We're going to go kind of fast. I can't believe that. I told you the clock is just a suggestion. The fivefold ministry of the angels. This is what the angels do. Number one, they worship God. Angels were created, number one, to worship God. And you know what is so sad about our human fallen condition is when you first hear that, what pops into your mind? Oh, he created someone just to worship him. Like, is God a narcissist? I mean, I mean, if you really stop, I mean, right now you're like in learning mode. But when you get alone and you think about God created angels to worship him, your fallen nature will automatically, you'll have a whisper of that thought there. It's actually sad. That that's how we are. That's the fallen nature. Let me tell you something. God created angels. And when he created them, they saw the beauty of God and automatically began to worship. There are angels that do nothing else but worship him around the throne of God. Because he is that amazing. They don't want to go out and explore heaven. Isaiah, when I showed you that scripture in Isaiah, the seraphim. They don't want to go out. Those seraphims are not seen doing anything else but flying around in the presence of God, in the throne of God, day and night, it says, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been doing that since their existence. Why? Because every second God reveals another facet of his mystery and of his beauty. And they could go anywhere else. I got chills just talking about it. They can go anywhere else in the universe, but they say, I don't want to leave from right here because what I'm experiencing is so beautiful. Holy, holy, holy is is the Lord God Almighty. They worship God. Number two, they bring judgment. Angels are ones that carry out the judgment of God. There's New Testament examples of it in Acts. 
Number three, they carry out his word in assisting God. They are actually heavenly assistants. Hebrews 1.14, I want to throw this up there because this is something practical that we can learn here tonight. Put that Hebrews chapter 1. It says, and angels, he's talking about angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? This scripture tells us that we can actually pray, not to angels, please hear me, pray to God, that God would send his angels to do what it is they do. This is how I pray. I quote this verse. I say, Lord God, you said in your word that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Father, I have an uncle in West Virginia right now that needs you. I pray that you send your angels to put your hand over them. I pray when we travel, God, that you put your angels and dispatch them from heaven to do what it is that you call them to do. Because your word says they are ministering spirits sent. Everybody say sent. They're sent, not called. You can't call an angel. You are sent. Angels are sent by God, and they are when we pray and ask for God. They are sent. The scripture says they are sent, and they will go. Psalms 34 says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. They protect us. They help us. I could spend all night telling you stories, but I'm not. In the New Testament, Jesus talked about angels. They were present with Jesus at his resurrection. Let's go through these real quick. Number one, they helped free. They freed apostles in prison for their faith. They actually appeared in the cell and freed the apostles who were imprisoned. They also aided Philip in evangelizing. Now, here's something about angels. They, they aided Philip in evangelizing. And then the next one also says they aided Cornelius um, in how to find Peter to hear the gospel, to hear the gospel. These two examples show us that angels don't preach the gospel. This is very important. So you can pray that God would send an angel, but you can't pray that God would send an angel to tell my loved one about Jesus because they will not. Angels do not preach the gospel of the redeemed because they are not redeemed. In both cases, very important, the angels appeared and told Peter or told Cornelius, go ask for Peter. He'll tell you the gospel. Why didn't the angel just tell him the gospel? He's already there. Because that's not his job. He cannot talk about being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because angels are not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's our job. That's our responsibility. That is exactly what God has commanded us to do. An angel will help Philip go next to the chariot and tell the eunuch and help him. But I ain't going to tell him that's your job. That is our job. That's why I'm so passionate about preaching. Whenever I talk about spiritual warfare, it's always going to be with missions. Because they go hand in hand. You want to see a, a devil, you go start winning souls. You start sharing your faith. You start talking about Jesus at work and family and friends. You're going to see if there's a real devil or not. It will manifest bigger than anything right then and there. That best friend and that family and that relationship, as soon as you start talking about the love of Jesus and they need to get saved and they need to find Jesus and they need to repent, oh, you're going to see him turn from sweet little friend to, hey, what you talking about holier than thou? What you think you are and all that. It's influenced by that rebellion and by that spirit. It's not of God. Number four, they escort. Angels escort us to heaven when we die. Jesus taught this. And again, an angel was there feuding with Satan over the bones of Moses. Because angels help escort to heaven. I believe that. Number five, they influence. And this is really where I wanted to land, but we are out of time. But don't worry, because I'm going to pick it up from here when we talk about the demonic spirits. Because this is mainly what they do is they influence. They possess, they oppress, 
uh, they demonize, they influence, but angels also influence in, in assisting and govern, governing the human world, and that's Daniel. And in that story, uh, I'll end with this, the, the evil spirits there in the book of Daniel, when you read that, they were actually um, attempting to keep God's people from returning to Israel. He, the, the, what was the whole warfare? What was the whole warfare about in Daniel? Is that Daniel was praying that God would release them from captivity so they can go back to Israel. Listen, this goes into today in this war that's going on in Israel. Why are the Jewish people so targeted throughout history? I mean, we've got racism, we've had racism, we've had prejudice, we've had racial wars, we had, we, we've had it with all kinds of races and, and all, absolutely, it's horrible. But when it comes to annihilation and, and annihilating an entire race, genocide, like you've never seen it, why is the Jewish people not only targeted so hard, but also fought so hard from retaining and occupying, I know that's a key word, occupying the land of Israel. Here's why. This is what Daniel 10 was about. This is why. You ready? Because so many scriptures in our Bible prophesy and predict that the Jewish people have to be in their homeland in order for some of these prophecies to be fulfilled. One of them is when Jesus returns. Jesus himself says that there will be a day when you will say in this land, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's saying that is a prophetic promise that the Jewish people have to be in Israel for Jesus to return in order for that to be fulfilled. If you were the devil, one of the, what would you be doing? You would be trying everything you can to keep any of those prophecies from happening. And one of them is to fight against the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, keeping them from being in the land. Now, that doesn't mean that Jews get a free pass, and I don't want to go down that road. Every believer must be born again. I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, green, orange, or whatever you call yourself. Or if you are an alien from a planet somewhere, you better be born again. You must be born again. Nobody can get to heaven and say, oh, I'm a descendant of Abraham. They tried that with Jesus, and Jesus said, oh, you're actually a descendant of your father, the devil. And that's why they stoned, tried to stone him. Every believer must be born again, but getting back to the spiritual impact over the governing nations of the world, this is where your demonic influences are. Yeah, there's demons and demonic spirits and influences that come through a lot of avenues, but I, I don't think it's Lucifer in, her, in your bedroom scaring you at night. I really, I think the devil is over these, these big nations in Israel and the Middle East and all of this that's going on in Iran. I think there's a big demon behind Iran. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm just, just, just fueling this, this hatred and, and spirit of murder and terrorism that's coming across the world. That is demonic. That's exactly what that is another level of evil when you get to that realm. School shootings, when, when it involves children, that's another level of evil. That's not just someone having a bad day. That's demonic, okay? That, there, there's where the demonic is manifested in that realm. And we're going to pick it up right there when we talk about the fall and demonic spirits and how to overcome that. Amen. So sleep good tonight after all that. Amen. <laughs> Let's stand up, all right? Let's stand up. Thank you for joining us on our podcast, and I might have went kind of fast, but you can go back and listen to that, fill in the blanks of the notes, look at the scriptures, pray and meditate, but the main thing for tonight is to let you know that God created all of this, and his attempt 
And he has a plan even for the fall. He had a plan. He knew that was all going to happen because he needed to introduce love to his human family. And he did it and demonstrated in the most beautiful way by coming down here himself and dying for his people. We would never even know the love of God if that didn't happen. And I'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. So, Lord, we just end tonight. Thank you for the scriptures that you left us to not just read for information and, and to know, but God, it does give us hope to know that there, there is more than what we see here on earth. There is a heaven waiting for us. And it's so glorious and beautiful, Lord. Thank you for that promise, that hope that we have. I pray a blessing on everybody listening tonight and that's here, God, as we study the word of God, that we would rightly divide the word of truth. And that, God, we would have a spirit of discernment and know and understand who the real enemy is and how to overcome him and how to rescue people and keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Help us to do that in this crazy day of distractions, to keep our eyes on you, Jesus. I pray a blessing over everybody here tonight. Bring us back safe, I pray, to worship you this Sunday. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday.